Shall we read a poem from A Light in the Attic? Hello, Paul, and welcome to a Shall We Read a Poem. I'm Russ, and I'm Russ. That's it. Just Russ. Yeah, you get a Just Me episode again. Sounds like Lauren has had a week of it. We had tried to put together a couple of times to record, and they ultimately didn't work out. And we're coming closer to the deadline, and so you get to hear my stream of consciousness, where you would usually hear Lauren saying smart things. We are nearing the end of A Light in the Attic by Shel Silverstein. There's a few poems left, but we're kind of kind of getting down to the dregs here. And a lot of these poems, <laughs> I, I don't really know what to think about them. When we switch to A Light in the Attic, really early on, I talked about just how much body horror there is in this book. And the poem today is like Cronenberg levels of body horror. And uh, I'll read it here. It's called Headache. And it will pretty, it will become obvious pretty much immediately why I picked Headache. But uh, here it goes. Headache by Shel Silverstein. Having a tree growing up out of me is often a worrisome thing. I'm twisty, and thorny, and branchy, and bare. But wait till you see me in spring. Now, if this had just been about a tree, there wouldn't be a problem with this poem. But (laughs) Shel Silverstein, in all his nightmarishness, the illustration here is of a little dude with a full-on, like, fuck-off Douglas fir growing out the top of his bald head. Like, it looks like something out of The Last of Us. And, of course, I chose this poem because, one, we run out of poems, and two, because it's fall. And all the trees are looking sad. And we had a windstorm here two nights ago, and it was one of those where you wake up to all the trees just down everywhere. I think when I was a kid, I had big fears about things growing on me. Oof, that's a, that's a dark way to start a conversation, isn't it? I remember recurrent dreams of like, I don't know, the kind of, like a rash that you would see that was almost sciatic, but super bumpy and scaly, and it had the feel of like I was turning into a crocodile or something. Then come to find, then you, you know, you grow up and come to find out that these are actual conditions that you can have, and you can grow horns. That's the thing that happens to some people. Just a full-on keratin horn just coming right out the top of their head like a rhino. And I've heard it theorized in, uh, well, at least I, I, at least in the southern United States, it might go up to all of North America, but there is a, there's a uh, cryptid called the jackalope. And the jackalope is a jackrabbit that has deer antlers or antelope horns. And... It's likely that this creature is based on a real thing because if a rabbit gets infected with the Chope papillomavirus, it does grow like keratin-based horns. And it I think it's ultimately fatal, but it does, and they come out of its head too. <laughs> Definitely like that's the worst place to grow something that you want to cover up. Oh, look at this. I was wrong about the southern United States. The uh the American jackalope was first popularized in Wyoming. Uh, in the 1930s, Douglas Herrick and his brother 
hunters with taxidermy skills popularized the American jackalope by grafting deer antlers onto a jackrabbit carcass and selling the combination to a local hotel in Douglas, Wyoming. Thereafter, they made and sold many similar jackalopes to a retail outlet in South Dakota. And other taxidermists continue to manufacture the horned rabbits in the 21st century. And I've seen these things in, like, gas stations. I guess so this episode we have two things to talk about. One being body horror and the other being fall. And I'm recording this on November 12th. It's going to come out November 13th. And because I live in Canada now, there's not really a delineator between Halloween and Christmas. So if you're in the United States, you have Thanksgiving that falls in the middle there. And as Lewis Black said, Santa's kind of shoving his ass into Thanksgiving just a little bit. But because Thanksgiving falls at the end of November, you get kind of a line between Thanksgiving season and Christmas season. Whereas in Canada, Thanksgiving is in October. And so after October 31st, Halloween, there's really nothing until Christmas. And so Christmas season, at least by my eye, starts really super early here. I am not immune to this any longer. It is the middle of November and I'm setting up a Christmas tree. I feel like I should be ashamed of myself for that. But I'm also unapologetic in uh, my love for my Christmas tree because I have been collecting Star Wars themed Christmas ornaments for the last like 20 years. And God, no, even longer than that, probably 25 years. And so my Christmas tree is now 100% Star Wars Christmas ornaments and even has a Death Star tree topper. It also plays music. You would pale to see how glorious this tree is. I guess it's more just a litmus test for nerds, isn't it? Wow, this is very interesting. I've got the page for the Shope Papillomavirus pulled up, SPV. The virus causes keratinous carcinomas resembling horns, typically on or near the animal's head. The carcinomas can metastasize or become large enough to interfere with the host's ability to eat, causing starvation. Oh, no. Richard Schopp investigated the horns and discovered the virus in 1933, an important breakthrough in the study of oncoviruses. In the 1930s, hunters in northwestern Iowa reported that the rabbits they shot had several horn protrusions on many parts of their bodies, including their faces and necks. The virus is also a possible source of myths about the jackalope, a rabbit with the horns of an antelope and related cryptids such as the Walpertinger. Oh, wow. Wow, so I thought the jackalope was a uniquely American cryptid, but it's not. This Walpertinger is based in Germany. Wow, and it's like a way cooler version of a jackalope. It's got extra, like, superpower parts. The Wallopertinger has a body comprising various animal parts, generally wings, antlers, a tail, and fangs, all attached to the body of a small mammal. The most widespread description portrays the Wallopertinger as having the head of a rabbit, the body of a squirrel, the antlers of a deer, and the wings and occasionally the legs of a pheasant. This critter rocks. You know that had to be, at least something similar had to be the basis for, like, unicorns and shit. Here's a horse with a horn coming out of its head. Who was it that said that, oh, like, it's amazing that we just accept giraffes, but unicorns are mythological? Like, what's more believable? A horse with a horn, or a horse that just grew to be 40 fucking feet tall? And 90% of that is neck. You ever seen giraffes fighting? That shit's terrifying. They use their necks. They just fight with their necks. Swing them around like baseball bats. 
Man, horses are terrifying, aren't they? Oh, wow, but dig this. If Shope hadn't gone into the investigation of SPV, it is unlikely that we would have the current HPV vaccine that we have. Uh, the virus, that is the Shope papillomavirus, was sequenced in 1984, showing substantial sequence similarities to HPV1A, that is the human papillomavirus. It has been used as a model for human papillomaviruses both before and after this discovery. The most visible example of this role is the HPV vaccine, which was developed based on and incorporating research done using the SPV virus as a model. Well, there you go. Once again, the bunnies suffer so that we can live. <laughs> I love when you have like burgeoning conspiracy theories that get shut down a week later. I started getting curious about horns in humans, and upon Googling, the first article that comes up is a Washington Post article. Horns are growing on young people's skulls. Phone use is to blame, research suggests. Which, what kind of fucking, like, if you masturbate, you'll go blind. Absolute nonsense are we talking about here. New research in biomechanics suggests that young people are developing horn-like spikes at the back of their skulls, bone spurs caused by the forward tilt of the head, which shifts weight from the spine to the muscles at the back of the head, causing bone growth in the connecting tendons and ligaments. The weight transfer that causes the buildup can be compared to the way skin thickens into a callus as a response to pressure or abrasion. Now, that article is promptly followed by a PBS article smartphones aren't making millennials grow horns. Here's how to spot a bad study. <laughs> it's the kind of story that could sound true, but seems off. That's the feeling I got last week when a Washington Post article, horns are growing on young people's skulls, phone uses to blame, research suggests, appeared in my email inbox. Oh, this is uh, Miskan Akpan is the author here. The report covers a 2018 study published in Scientific Reports, which used head x-rays of 1,200 chiropractic patients to claim that young adults aged 18 to 30 are growing bone masses on the back of their skulls, a supposed phenomenon that the Washington Post, that the Washington Post describes as horns. There's one problem. The researchers haven't provided the data to back up their claims, said John Hawks, a paleoanthropologist at the University of Wisconsin who studies human evolution and was not involved in the study. On a basic level, the study has flaws, namely that it makes written claims that are not supported by the numbers, images, and other data reported in the study itself. This isn't a situation where a research group made a controversial discovery and other scientists simply disagree. Going back to the Washington Post article, there is an update at the end of the article. Update! After publication of this story, concerns were raised about an undisclosed business venture of one of the researchers who works as a chiropractor. <laughs> this story has been updated to reflect questions about a possible conflict of interest involving his business. The journal that published the main study in question said it was investigating the concerns. The researchers say they're making minor changes to their paper but stand by their work. Oh, once again, pseudo-medicine is popping off with... Don't worry, boys. We over here at the chiropractic can fix you. We'll just get our neck hammers out. Surely that's safer than using your phone. God, I fucking love people. They're all so stupid. Time Magazine. No, teenagers are not growing skull horns because of smartphones. And you feel like the unwritten part of that headline is, You fucking morons. <laughs> 
what the research actually found. In 2016, University of the Sunshine Coast professors David Shahar and Mark Sayers found that out of 218 people ages 18 to 30, about 40% had a bone growth near the base of the skull called an enlarged external occipital protuberance. They built on that in the 2018 study by examining x-rays from 1,200 people ages 18 to 30, 18 to 86. Wow. A third of the x-rays showed growth. In theory, tilting your heavy head forward to look at screen. <laughs> I love that. They throw shade at the reader just automatically. In theory, constantly tilting your heavy head forward to look at screens instead of holding it upright as it's meant to sit may strain the neck and tendons. However, neither study actually assessed individuals' phone use, so they couldn't draw any concrete evidence. <laughs> uh, don't go like don't go to chiropractors, kids. They are. It is nothing but witchcraft. The liability is nightmarish, and you will end up paralyzed, or with, like, blood shooting out of your eyes. They do make for great TikTok videos, man. The ones where, <laughs> where they take some old lady and take a fucking belt and wrap it around her skull and try to pull her head right off her neck. <laughs> man, wasn't my parents that told me that I shouldn't be cracking my knuckles, and then they go, and it's like, well, don't worry, this guy can crack your entire body. Uh, man, that was not what I was looking for. I didn't give a shit about horns that were not caused by phone use. I wanted to know about the actual horns. Here we go. Cutaneous horns are unusual keratinous skin tumors with the appearance of horns or sometimes of wood or coral. Those are the bitches right there. Formally, this is a clinical diagnosis for a conical projection above the surface of the skin. They're usually small and localized, but can in rare cases be much larger. Although often benign, they can be malignant. The horn is composed of keratin, the same material as found in the fingernail. It can usually be removed with a sterile razor. Ooh. Oh, man. Speaking of TikTok channels waiting to happen, Jesus Christ. They already have Dr. Pimple Popper and that ilk. Man, I cannot watch that shit, Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, the Mütter Museum. Man, if you want just a collection of human oddities, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Mütter Museum, they house all kinds of nightmarish shit, including apparently this sample of human horn. <laughs> Is anyone else getting Futurama from that? Madame de Manchet, called Widow Sunday, a French woman living in Paris in the early 19th century, grew a 24.9 centimeter, 9.8 inch, horn from her forehead in six years from the age of 76 before it was successfully removed by French surgeon Dr. Joseph Soberel. Oh, a wax model of her head is on display at the Mütter Museum, not the actual horn. Oh, God damn it. Not worth the price of admission. Although, if you're near Philadelphia, go check out this museum. Listen to, the, listen to these attractions. Uh, the Mütter American Giant, the tallest human skeleton on exhibit in North America, 7 foot 6 inches. The Hurdle Skull Collection, a collection of 139 skulls from Joseph Hurdle, an Austrian anatomist. Uh, the collection's original purpose was to show the diversity of cranial anatomy in Europeans, thereby disproving the racial science of phrenology. Go, Joseph. Ten skulls and five crania with extensive syphilitic involvement. Ooh, hell yeah. Syphilis fucks you up, kids. Don't get syphilis. Wrap that shit up. 
Wet specimens. Oh, you know that when an article starts with wet specimens, you're in for a treat. The heart of Robert Pendarvis, a living donor with acromegaly. And if you consume it, you gain his power. A malignant tumor removed from President Grover Cleveland. <laughs> Thoracic tissue from John Wilkes Booth for some reason. Uh, the Chevalier Jackson Foreign Body Collection, a collection of 2,374 swallowed or inhaled objects that Dr. Jackson extracted from patients' throats, esophaguses, and lungs during his 75-year-long career. God, imagine being a physician that wanted to work for 75 fucking years. I don't want to do something I like for 75 years. I'll be amazed if I live to be 75. Holy shit. Shout out to the Mütter Museum, man. Y'all rock. Oh, what else is there to say about shit growing out of people? Nothing good, probably. I think I need a couple. What's really funny is I actually did have prepared remarks today. I was going to talk about those just stop oil people. But now that Lauren isn't here, it doesn't seem fun anymore. Like, what am I going to say without her naysaying me? You need that. Individual acts on a podcast just don't work. Oh, the cause of cutaneous horns is still unknown, but it is believed that exposure to radiation can trigger the condition. Well, that's good, since radiation is everywhere. This is evidenced by higher rate of cases occurring on the face and hands, areas that are often exposed to sunlight. Moreover, there is a higher prevalence in Asian countries with a warm climate. Oh, and these horns are also probably related to HPV. That does not surprise me. Well, I guess that brings us full circle, doesn't it? Went from talking about fall, to talking about jackalopes, to talking about horns growing out of people's heads. I was unprepared for the move to the Pacific Northwest and the fact that once daylight savings time hits, it is midnight at 4.30 p.m. Like, I need one of those little lights that they gave to, like, Siberian babies, you know, <laughs> that provide us with ultraviolet light. I don't have anything good to say about the fall. That's a place that Lauren would come take over. I like making fall foods, like stuff with potatoes. Chili. Man, have you ever had Odin? That's one of those Japanese fall staples. They have it at 7-Elevens in Japan, and it's just like long stewed anything. Like, you probably put dirt in there, but it's like root vegetables and tomatoes and tubers and eggs and fish cakes and and you just put it in this yummy salty broth and just perpetual stew it god it's so good going down this rabbit hole of horns and things has led me way past taxidermy and into a realm called rogue taxidermy i had no idea that this was a thing that existed but now, like, I've seen this before, but I didn't know that it had a name applied to it. So you, you might have been in, like, gift shops or, like, tacky rest stops or maybe museum gift shops where they'll have little taxidermy animals, but they'll be doing cute things. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of this taxidermy thing I saw of frogs where they had little swords and they were fencing each other, you know? Rogue taxidermy is a form of mixed-media sculpture. Rogue taxidermy art references traditional trophy or natural history museum taxidermy, but is not always constructed out of taxidermied animals. It can be constructed entirely from synthetic materials. Oh, this is different too. 
composite mounts where two or more animals are spliced together, e.g. sideshow gaffs of conjoined freak animals and mounts of jackalopes or other fictional creatures. There's a creator who runs a website and a podcast, I think, called World Around You, E-W-E, like a sheep U. And he taxidermies just the funniest fucking thing. So it's like a pencil case, but it's made out of a rat. <laughs> that seems like exactly the kind of thing you'd want to roll up to art school carrying. Bone carvings. Yeah, I'm going to link this in the show notes world around you. I remember one of the first times I went to visit Lauren in Portland. I went to a store called Paxton Gate. And they sold bizarre shit like that. And it looks like they're still open. It looks like there's two locations. Paxton Gate, do you still sell your... Oh, look, and they have a book called Crap Taxidermy. Look at all those little skeletons. Wow, they've gotten better in intervening years. And they got cool stuff. Well, anyway, y'all be safe. Lauren will be back next week. Sorry to have y'all listen to me prattle on about horns for the longest time in body horror. Bye. Bye.